Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Report. I'm Vaga Maradian. This podcast version of our interview is brought to you by L3 Technologies. Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Report. I'm Vaga Maradian. This month, the Italian Navy frigate Alpino will be visiting Boston, Baltimore, New York, and Norfolk to showcase the ship to U.S. Navy leaders as they assess proposals for a new multi-mission frigate. The Alpino is an anti-submarine frigate of the Frem class, co-developed by Italy and France. The ship, built by Italy's Fincantieri, is competing for the award against variants of the two littoral combat ships now in Navy service, one by Lockheed Martin with Fincantieri and the other by Austell with General Dynamics. A design by Huntington Ingalls and an American version of Spain's F-100 frigate being bid by a team composed of GD's Bath Ironworks and Spain's Navantia. We hope to make it aboard the Alpino during her American tour, but when we were in Qatar earlier this year to cover the Doha International Maritime Exhibition, known as Dimdex, where our coverage was sponsored by Dimdex, we had a chance to visit Alpino's sister ship, the Carlo Margottini. The visit came before Fincantieri and Huntington Ingalls were among the companies that sponsored our coverage of the Navy League's recent Sea Air Space Conference and Trade Show. Aboard the Carlo Margottini, we met with Captain Giuseppe Lai and Lieutenant Riccardo Rossi, the ship's anti-submarine warfare officer, who gave us a tour. Talk to us a little bit about the Frem uh, frigate. Uh, just to let our audience know, obviously the U.S. Navy is going through a frigate competition right now. Uh, it's looking at um, upgraded versions of the two littoral combat ship, one the Fincantieri Lockheed Martin ship, the other one the Austell General Dynamics ship. Uh, and then you are one of the uh, competitors in this, not you, but the, the ship is. Uh, and uh, then the, uh, the, the naval version of the uh, National uh, Patrol uh, Cutter, uh, National Security cutter as well as in that mix. But of those ships, you're the only one that's a dedicated design for an anti-submarine frigate, which is one of the things the U.S. Navy wants out of this ship, which is why so many people in the Navy are interested in it. Talk to us a little bit about the capabilities of the ship, its crew, its endurance, all of the features uh, that are attractive from a naval perspective, from your perspective as the commanding officer of the ship. Okay, the um, Margottini is uh, the third frame uh, that was uh, launched for the Italian Navy and is the second one in his uh, ASW version, so fitted for uh, anti-submarine warfare. Uh, its main characteristics are, um, besides the hull uh, sonar, is a tower-the-rate sonar and uh, a curtain that uh, increase your capability in terms of uh, anti-submarine warfare discovery. Uh, moreover, he is uh, integrated with uh, the possibility to operate uh, with helicopters, EH-101 uh, and SH-90, we have two. At the moment, one is uh, ASW fitted. It's uh, also very flexible ship, able to operate not only in the ASW domain, but also in uh, the control of uh, large space and maritime situation awareness buildup and uh, also counter-illegal arms trafficking and uh, every kind of operation, including humanitarian relief. And, and also anti-surface warfare, obviously, because you've got the guns fore and aft on the ship as well. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, fitted with uh, two uh, guns, 76-62 uh, millimeters, one in the forepart, one on the, on the stern, 
plus the two uh, 25 millimeter machine guns for uh, force protection, basically. And, and then also you guys have a missile fit as well, which I want to get to uh, as well in a moment. Um, talk to us about the propulsion system, because everything you have is sort of optimized to reduce radiated noise. Talk to us about some of the features you have in engineering, uh, how you're managing to get your radiated noise down. Uh, the ship has uh, electric propulsion plus uh, turbine propulsion in a combined way, meaning that for uh, uh, cruise speeds up to 15 knots, we can use our electric propulsion fitted by four diesel-electrics uh, engines, but for higher speeds up to 27 knots, uh, the ship uh, is uh, propelled by a gas turbine. And, and so that gives you speed, but also long uh, loiter and endurance. And that's one of the things that the Navy has discussed in its next ship, to have something with a little bit greater range. And I know that range is always speed dependent, but say at battle force speed, say at about 12 knots, how much range do you have with your ship? At um, economic speed, we have about uh, 6,000 nautical miles range. This is the, the wide that we can cover. Um, and talk to us a little bit about uh, the, the crew level. There's, you know, every Navy in the world is figuring out how to automate more, how to reduce crew size uh -huh. because people are expensive. Uh, you have to pay people pensions, especially warrant officers get, uh, get pensions. That's just a sort of an inside Italian joke about warrant officer pensions. But uh, talk to us a little bit about your crew size and whether you know, it's, it's too small or is it just right for the missions that you're trying to accomplish. The crew is uh, fitted for this kind of, uh, of ship that is uh, very uh, automatized. So, uh, meaning that uh, I have 168 people on board. I can accommodate up to 200 in case I put inside the uh, air crews, uh, special forces, marines. And this kind of crew is fitted, as I said, for the, uh, the level of technology that is on board of the, of the ship. Many functions, they are automatized. Um, the combat system is fitted to be operated from uh, a single room. And also for the damage control system, uh, we have uh, remote cameras uh, and everything can be controlled by a single place. So that gives you the possibility to run the ship with a reduced crew. Um, and the, the previous one, of course. Um, and, and talk to us a little bit about damage control because that's uh, something that every Navy practices and it's a worst case scenario. But from a damage control standpoint, talk to us a little bit about the features that you have, whether they're firefighting features, how much is automated, and how compartmented you are in the ship in order to be able to isolate damage, for example, in the event of a missile strike or, or, or any other casualty. The ship is uh, fitted with a uh, water mist uh, um, firefighting system that is completely automatized. Moreover, in the various compartments as a um, gas system for the fire extinguisher. But what is most important is that uh, every compartment is, can be remotely controlled. So we have a very early warning in our uh, operation uh, center and also in the propulsion center. So for the security reason. So you, so you don't, don't necessarily have to have people sitting there sweating all day and reading gauges. Yes. Uh, they can just monitor it from, uh, from a distance. Yes, absolutely. Then in case we need to, to send people, we have them trained to, for fight, uh, firefighting and floodings. I hope not. Uh, 
Let me ask you, uh, go back to the combat system for a second, because you guys also have a 3D search radar, so even though you're an anti-submarine ship, you still have that air search capability. Uh, we've talked about the guns a little bit, we've talked about the towed array and the hull-mounted sonar, but talk to us a little bit more about your offensive weaponry, whether in an anti-surface warfare uh, situation, what kind of missilery can you put on it, and what sort of uh, self-defense and air defense and local area defense, because I know you guys also escort uh, the Cavour, uh, as well as the Garibaldi, which are the two carriers in the Italian Navy. Talk to us a little bit about your overall weapons fit and the kind of capabilities you have. Yes. Um, basically, uh, starting from the radar that you mentioned, the, the, uh, 3D, uh, the 3D multidimensional radar, uh, we have uh, associated to, to, to this the uh, Aster 15 and the Aster 30 uh, missile system that is fitted for local area defense. So we are able with this system not only to put self-defense for our unit, but also to cover a, a unit that may be escorted by, by the ship. This system is also integrated with the self-defense system of the two three-inch scan, the one put on the fore and the one on to, to the stern, and of course with the electronic warfare suite that has uh, chaff and the coil launching system, fully integrated in this uh, in this compartment. And, uh, and what about any uh, surface weapons aside from the gun? What sort of missilery do you guys ca carry to be able to reach out and touch somebody a little bit yeah. farther away than the gun? Yes, regarding that we have the Teseo system, which is a surface-to-surface uh, -surface missile system conceived in the Italian industry and is run by the surface radar. Um, talk to us a little bit uh, about what these uh, last few days have been like for you guys, uh, because the chief of the Italian Navy was here, uh, there was a very large Italian uh, delegation. How busy were you guys uh, over the last three or four days uh, during your visit to Doha? Uh, I mean, we, yesterday we hosted a press conference on board of our ship uh, to, of course, uh, present the ship and to, to thank Qatar for their hospitality in a broad concept of uh, cooperation with uh, allied and partners here in the area, but also to, uh, to give the possibility to our national industry to present uh, this, this kind of product in, uh, in Dimnex. And in the evening, we host also a, a reception on board with uh, main uh, Italian authorities, uh, was our Minister of Defense present, not only our head of the Italian Navy, and many authorities uh, from the Qatar and Qatar Navy. Uh, and uh, let me ask you a little bit about your deployment. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the deployment. You know, that part of your uh, job was to be here over the last couple of days. You're going to work with the Qataris, obviously, uh, on your way back, back out before you get back on station. Talk to us a little bit about your deployment, how long it's lasting, and, and how soon you'll be back home in Italy. Yes. Regarding our deployment, uh, this first part that started in uh, La Spezia on last uh, 20th February is part of a broad campaign that we are conducting as Italian Navy here in the Middle East. Uh, Doha was uh, the, uh, the second, uh, second uh, stop in, uh, in this deployment after Karachi. We were there a couple of days ago. Afterwards, we're going to be to Kuwait City, then to Daman and uh, eventually to Abu Dhabi. Uh, that will conclude this Middle East campaign aimed at the same I told you before, so cooperation and uh, 
um, enhancing the ties with partners and, and allies in the area. Um, afterwards, uh, at the beginning of April, we will start a long deployment of four months as the flagship for uh, Atalanta European Union mission to tackle the piracy problem in the Gulf of Aden and uh, Indian Ocean. So, uh, we will be back uh, in Italy uh, the end of August at the point. <laughs> uh, well, at least you miss um, most of the hot summer, right? So you have a little bit, you know, but at least you'll be getting into the uh, more pleasant, uh, more pleasant weather. Um, let me, you know, you mentioned Atalanta and I have a two-part question about that because I know that you've conducted these operations over your career. One was the counter-piracy mission, which has been running for quite some time. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the challenges of that mission, but also in the Mediterranean, the Italian Navy shouldered an enormous burden in terms of the refugee crisis. Uh, so did the Greek Navy has worked on it, so has the Turkish Navy has worked on it. Uh, the Spanish Navy has been engaged in that uh, mission as well. Talk to us about the challenges of these very, very different missions. You know, folks have a tendency of looking at navies as projecting power and hunting submarines. At the same time, you're doing millennia old missions like fighting pirates and also interdicting sea traffic and saving lives also as much as you can, uh, even though some of those folks may have to be sent back, you're the first line of defense, and this has been wave after wave of people every day. Talk to us about the different challenges these missions present for a naval officer, but also for navies. I mean, uh, I would say that there are challenges. I mean, for a, a seaman, first of all, to save life at sea is a, a moral obligation before to be uh, by law that, that you have to do this uh, of course uh, challenges are, uh, are various uh, you are trained to war fighting and uh, things like that but in real world you face uh, scenarios that are not actually uh, so uh, black and white let's say uh, so uh, one of the role of the Navy uh, is to be flexible in uh, tackling every kind of phenomenon that can range from uh, humanitarian relief, assistance, uh, tackling the problem of piracy that has various aspects, it's not just uh, I mean, to, to take pirates and put them away, but it's kind of comprehensive approach of the, of the phenomenon. The same is in tackling the, the phenomenon of uh, uh, irregular migration that is in the Mediterranean. Sir, thanks very, very much. You've been very generous with your time. I know you have a tremendous amount of work to do. Uh, you, you came down from your stateroom uh, before you get ready to get underway tomorrow. We really appreciate it. Thanks very, very much. Best of luck on the deployment and look forward to seeing you again sometime. Commander Giuseppe Lei of the Italian Navy, yep. commanding officer of the Carlo uh, Margottini. Sir, thanks very much again. Okay. Thanks to you uh, for this opportunity given to me. Thank you very much indeed. Bye. Uh, Lieutenant Rossi, um, as we've been going around the ship, there have been so many little thoughtful features that we've seen. As soon as you come to the bridge, for example, these consoles don't get in the way of the view outside, whether it's thruster controls. And you mentioned that you know, it was like somebody had thought through all the details. Talk to us about some of the little features that as a professional naval officer, when you see them, are things that sort of, you know, you're like, boy, that was, a, that was a great idea, that was a great idea, that was a great idea. Yeah, first of all, I want to... Uh emphasize that you are inside one of the most wonderful bridge that we have in the Italian fleet. So from this ship you have the control of all what happened around the ship. You have a wide view all over the sea and also starboard side and port side. 
the officer on duty can watch uh, from uh, behind or uh, the console, the navigation radar, the, elect uh, the electronic chart, but also uh, from there, from the bow. Uh, from there, we have a, a wide corridor. You can go starboard to port with no problem, no restrictions. Uh, you can see the starboard side also from port and it's very very easy to uh, to spot targets to spot surface uh, merchant vessel or small uh, boats that can uh, be uh, <laughs> you you can track you know everything visually anywhere around you but um and also you get a view aft from being enclosed in the bridge so you don't necessarily have to go to the bridge wing to be able to get a good view aft as yes. well yes yes that's true that's true and from this part of the ship, the husband um, uh, can control the wheel, but also the propellers and the shaft. But uh, from, the, from here, the, our commanding officer, when he's sitting here in the main chair, uh, can control what happened on the tactical screen and the navigation radar, electronic chart, uh, the pro, their engine situation, the general um, uh, gen, the electrical power uh, uh, production and everything. And uh, you mentioned electronic charts. What about paper charts? We have still paper charts because we, we use electronic uh, devices, but we don't rely only about on these, and we, use, we still use uh, chart support. Um, and and uh, when we were earlier uh, on the tour, you said, and why do you keep paper charts? <laughs> because if uh, you don't have power at sea, <laughs> you are lost. So <laughs> it's better that you track your position also in a chart. Even if it's a pain in the butt. I can't say so. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go out to the bridge wing. So y you guys have the bow thruster set up where you have it at the helm station, you have two stations up here, but you also have something that's portable that goes out to the bridge wing. Yes, we have two stations, uh, one starboard and one port that you can uh, put and uh, uh, outside. Uh, I can show you where. Um, so, Lieutenant Rossi, tell us a little bit about, so the um, thruster station, you can put all the way forward here to be able to control the ship as it's coming alongside. Yeah, so the way forward, you can come here, pl plug in, and you can uh, moor the ship just from here using the bow thruster. Bow thruster is a 30, 160 degrees uh, azimuthal uh, thruster and can uh, bring the ship up to seven knots. Wow. We call it also the last way to go home. If we, <laughs> if you lose all the shaft or propellers, you can, you still have this uh, bow thruster. It's retrievable, so we, uh, we pull on uh, when we are when we are sailing and we drop when we need it. And uh, reduces the need for tugs to come alongside. Yes, of course. That's that's very important because we are uh, independent uh, to to uh, set up sailing without uh, thrust. Um, and one of the things that anybody who's been on a ship knows is when you're out here, there can be a little bit of clutter that gets in your way of being able to, to see, uh, you know, after even as a lookout that's an obstruction. And I thought your solution to the searchlight problem was fascinating. Yes, uh, we have this solution. It's very easier but very uh, useful for uh, the lookouts and for the officer on duty on the bridge. Uh, you, if you need the searchlight, you just uh, pull on and use it. But if you don't need, you can uh, put this down and does uh, impede your view. And um, one of the things also that's worth uh, taking a look at over here is the amazing view that you have straight down, uh, whether you're coming alongside or whether or not you're doing an underway replenishment, you get an amazing view all around the ship, or, or at least on the side of the ship that matters the most. 
Yeah, yeah, from, from the side of where you are, you, you have all the view of all the ship, you are outside the line of the ship, so you can really uh, see if the ship is touching the bird, if the ship is uh, sailing uh, uh, right, when you, when you are uh, near a replenishment ship, for example. And uh, let me ask you about the gun, because you guys, uh, um, talk to us quickly about the variants of the ship, right? There are 10 that are being built for the Italian Navy. Yes. Uh, there are six of them that have been delivered right now. Talk to us about the breakdown of the class, because even though the hull is the same, and as we discussed, this is the ASW optimized ship that has the two three-inch guns on it. There's also an anti-surface version of it that has a much more powerful gun. And you also have a very novel form of ammunition that you're shooting from these guns, which are gu truly guided projectiles. Talk to us a little bit about the three variants and then also the firepower that, uh, that those two variants carry. Yes, the Navy commissioned 10 Fram Frigate, uh, 4 in ASW version, 6 in general purpose version. The general purpose has uh, the 5-inch uh, gun uh, on the bow, is uh, 12764 millimeters and the uh, ASW version has the 3 inch uh, gun. This, uh, both of them have a new projectile version. The 3 inch is called Dart in Italian Davide and the 5 inch is called Vulcano. And this kind of uh, projectile can be uh, guided with uh, little wings. Uh, to extend the range and to be more precise to, towards the target. So it, it's very um, improving the effectiveness of this kind of and, gun. And, and if you look at the gun house, uh, you, that, the front faces of it are actually panels that fold open to expose a radar. Yes, it's a cover that comes up and exposes the radar. And the radar can uh, uh, light the target for the projectile. The ramp per minute of this 3-inch gun, gun is 120 ramp per minute. It's very, very impressive. Um, now, let's go a little bit further aft because that's where your missile bay uh, is. So we're now um, at the weapons uh, area. Um, this is your... Uh, ASW deck launching system, deck oil launching system. Hold on a sec. Uh, and, okay, so tell us uh, about this, which looks like it's a... A new, a new kind of decoy that nobody has. And it's, uh, nobody has it? You guys are the only guys who have it? No, we have it. Also, some, someone else has it, <laughs> but it's a um, ASW deck oil launching system is against uh, torpedoes. Torpedoes launched by submarines against the ship and throw out to the to the sea, uh, decoys that will uh, manage the, some, the torpedoes when we go away. And, go away. and uh, what's the name of the system? The ASW DLS. Uh, and it beats having a Nixie that you're trailing on a cable a thousand feet behind you. We don't have any more like <laughs> some, something like this. We have something more, uh, more very effectiveness and as uh, made in uh, by Italian industry. Um, and over here is are your uh, surface-to-surface -surface missiles, uh, which the captain talked about, but it looks like you can get, uh, so talk to us about how many weapons and a little bit about the range of it, because that has a nice 200 plus kilometer range, which is a nice distance to be able to reach out and touch somebody in a fairly compact package. Yes, yes, I can confirm uh, we can embark up to eight surface-to-surface uh, -surface missile Teseo Mike Kilo 2A uh, type, is a new generation Teseo missile and up to and also above 200 kilometers and with GPS uh, system, guide system, and also for land-based targets could be used. 
we can uh, also embark a MILAS system. MILAS system is a kind of missile that can bring torpedoes instead of a missile, a surface missile. So with a range of a missile, but at the end a torpedo. And, and so that would be uh, like the ASROC system, which is the anti-submarine rocket system that used yes, to exist, yes, that because, shot a torpedo far away from because, me when I found uh, it. It could be useful in this kind of ship because we have, this is an ASW ship and has with the VDS, our variable depth sonar, uh, dipping, um, deploying sonar, uh, we have long range uh, for subsurface search and could be useful to have a long range uh, weapon. Now let's go to the hangar. Is that the best thing, or the uh, let's go to, let's go to the hangar to be able to see the flight deck and the aviation uh, capabilities of the ship? Okay, so tell us a little bit about this gun uh, as on our way to the uh, flight deck uh, because this is both manual but also fully automatic. Yes, yes, this is a 25 millimeters uh, high RPM is for self-defense and can be managed from uh, an operator from here also with no operators, no man on deck with uh, remote control from the CIC, the combat uh, information room. And what's the rate of fire? 120 rounds per minute. In our one of uh, our two hangars, this is the starboard one, the main one is bigger uh, in order to, uh, we, we can uh, have on board also the EH-101 and this is the hangar for the EH-101 and also a maintenance hangar when we have to make maintenance and repair on the helicopters. And a lot of folks just have a roller door, but this is a m much more serious door. Talk to us a little bit about why you guys have something so robust. Yeah, this is a, a huge door and can be uh, open hydraulically with oil control pump that uh, can um, put it up and close at half. Yeah. It's all the way open when it's open. Wow. That's like a that's like an armored door for God's sakes. It's a very nice sized uh, flight deck and the, and for folks who don't know the EH101 is a very very big three engine helicopter. Uh, talk to us about the size of the flight deck. Yeah, this this flight deck is very is very wide is uh, almost is more than uh, two tennis uh, camp wide. Uh, can uh, we can have on board uh, very with no problems two helicopters, two SH-90 or one SH-90 and one EH-101, the wide, the bigger one that we have in service in the Italian Navy. And the um, starboard hangar, as you said, is the bigger one. The port or the left hangar is the smaller one that's more optimized for the NH-90. Talk to us about the boat handling system because you're trying to put everything on the inside skin of the ship. Talk to us about why you're doing that and also. Um, you, it, is this kind of a quick retrieve system that you have on it as well? Yes, yes. Uh, I can explain uh, both of them because uh, we have both of the ribs, the starboard and the port side, inside the ship, covered by uh, this, um, this cover. And this, this, uh, in order to reduce our uh, radar signature, to maintain the stealth condition, the stealth architecture of the ship, the stealth design. On the starboard side, we have a SAR rib, rigid hull inflatable uh, boat used for search and rescue operation and for uh, maneuver board and all this kind of activity. And in the left, in the port side, uh, we have a um, tactical uh, rib, tactical boat that can uh, run up to uh, 50 knots and more, uh, used for marine operation, marine time interdiction drone uh, operation, also for special forces operation can be launched away from the ship up to 10-15 miles and up. 
the, uh, if you want, the general purpose version of the ship ha has a third ribs that is uh, in the stern. Uh, we have the VDS, the variable depth sonar. They have the third uh, rib. It's a kind of uh, combat rib uh, for uh, special operation forces or marine corps. And, and as we were coming up here, you pointed out the torpedo uh, hangars as well, because you guys also have torpedo launchers on the ship as well. Yeah, port and starboard side. Uh, three torpedo launchers, uh, port and three starboard. And we have at the center the torpedo the, um, store with automatic handling system for the torpedoes to bring the torpedoes and put the torpedoes inside the tubes. And how many underway replenishment stations? Just one port and one starboard? Yes. Grazie mille. I appreciate it. Thank you very, very much for having us aboard. We appreciate it. And Lieutenant LaGuardia, thank you very much because we couldn't have done it without you. So thank you very, very much. Thank you. Behind the set. Yes, behind, behind the, the set. set. Behind the scenes. LaGuardia, like the airport. Yes, LaGuardia like the airport, and uh, you know she would fit in very, very well in, in uh, New York. Thank you very, very much. Really appreciate it. Thanks, very guys. Very honored to be on board. Yeah.